this is your weekly reminder to go check out the IO collection from any day. That is something that we designed. It is matte black, so it's the coolest color. And if it's the coolest color, it's the best any day that's ever been made. And you get 10% off your any day purchase when you visit cookanyday.com and you put in the promo code Dave. 20% off athletic brewing. We drink a lot of these. I had, I think, two athletic lights, two day packs. That's about average. Four, four per day for me. So you can get 20% off your first purchase at athleticbrewing.com. Put athletic gift 20 and $40 off Cometeer, something that Chris is now drinking a lot of. Uh, maybe too much because <laughs> he's now going through our supply. <laughs> and uh, we could use that $40 off coupon if you visit cometeer.com slash Chang, C-H-A-N-G. That's an amazing, amazing offer. 15% off East Fork Pottery. And of course, all Momofuku goods are instant noodles, which are air-dried, not deep-fried, our chili crunch, our salt spices, etc. Our full load of offerings available on our website, shop.momofuku.com. We have some of those items, uh, the noodles, etc., available nationwide at grocery stores like Whole Foods, Target, Kroger, and some of your local great supermarkets as well. But if you visit us at shop.momofuku.com, you can put in the promo code DOMO10, D-O-M-O-10 and get 10% off. And of course, check out all things Major Domo Media YouTube as we slowly put content out there. And as I mentioned last week, you can see Chris Yang fillet a uh, mummy, 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 mummy food. Good God. Culinary fillet. Oh, God. Right? Yes. There's culinary fellatio. That's gross. <laughs> Welcome to the Dave Chang Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, presented by Major Dumbo Media. Thank you, Yola Tango, as always. Also, if you have any Ask Dave questions, you can send them in at Ask Dave at Major Dumbo Media. And while I am booting myself off Discord, you can still send in questions to Chris and you know and everybody on the Major Dumbo team on Discord. Um, but uh, I, I'm looking at Chris Ying right now, and he had a coffee explosion. He tried to take some cold brew coffee out of the Spotify uh Kegerator and it blew up. And I gotta say, it's highly enjoyable to see him so sad. I've just, you know, I'm fully embracing my Mr. Magoo years here. I'm just gonna, I'm just a walking accident. And happy Halloween, everybody. Uh, another Halloween that I will forego participating in any festive spirit. I'm the Scrooge of Halloween. <laughs> you're, you're the Scrooge of, of just all holidays. But are you being honest, or is somebody walking around your neighborhood going to see you in a full get-up no, tonight? absolutely not going to get dressed up for anything. But you're going to walk the kids around? Um, yeah, I think so. You're, like, legally ob- obliged to. Yeah, Gus is going as a fireman. Hugo's going as a unicorn special forces operator. <laughs> Can't make that up. Makes sense. Totally makes sense. He literally is wearing a unicorn uh, uh, head, and I think lower half. Upper half. He's almost like a senator, a, a unicorn, centaur a, a centaur, but a, a, a special forces operator, the top half, instead of right. just a regular man, a bare chested man with a hairy <laughs> chest. He goes going as a special forces operator with, you know, silencer. And but with the horn. With the horn. Instead of a night, night goggles, it's going to be with a horn. That's an elite team. They only yeah. call in the centaur special forces for like really difficult I know, extractions. It's called a Rumsfeld special. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm excited for that. Um, so we, we're going to do a three things. I'm going to do a Dave Ask Dave, uh, and then we have our uh, PFFW, which is not looking good, folks. Our uh, algorithm is not... Um, it's not... It's one of those things where I swear to God, it was 100% accurate before we started sharing it with people. And then we're going to do an over-under. We're going to do an under. But before I get that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little... Dave thinks about something. Well, I had mentioned a few months ago, three or four months ago, that I went to the Apple demo for the Apple goggles. I've had more and more conversations with people. I've had conversations with people in the ticketing industry, et cetera, live events. And I continued to impress people and bewilder people as to why I was invited to the Apple demo. They're like, so did you wear them? And I'm like, yeah. I was like, how did you get to wear them? Well, I was at the Apple demo. I was like, did you cook there? I was like, no, no, no. What were so you doing there? Man. I know. What were you doing there? Um, well, they invited me to wear them as you? to be one of the, exactly. A lot of that. Wait, you? Yeah. I don't blame them. <laughs> it was I mean, a, it's so it was, rude, man. No, it's not rude. It's the same response I got from the people that were actually there. The, the doctors and the, there were a lot of, uh nerds well that's fair and i think they felt less of their invite because i was there sure sure oh he's here yeah they're like (laughs) they're like you know what it was it was like fletch it was doctor 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 (laughs) good to see a doctor good to see a doc chef chef (laughs) former chef um anyway i just for me i have a little bit more clarity and i do think that it has a bit of a a slice of culture and microcosm if you sort of extrapolate where we're headed I think Um, so I was talking to somebody that was in the live ticketing business about this and how ticket revenue is up live experiences are up sporting events are up but most specifically it's musical acts and comedy I don't think that it's necessarily just because it's post-pandemic because I think that it's um, getting to see something that you can't download, Mm. right? And while you can now watch the Eras Taylor Swift tour on air, I mean, in a movie theater, and I, I, I didn't even know that all I had to do was talk about dating Taylor Swift and I could have started dating Taylor Swift potentially. I could have been, you know. (laughs) You just put that out there, Um, secret. But, you know, now you can watch it. But now you talk to people, it's been culture currency to say, no, I was at the Taylor Swift tour. I went to the Beyonce concert. And a lot of the top comedians, you put your cell phone in, right, into a pocket and you're not allowed to take it out. I recently saw the John Mulaney, John Stewart thing in Pasadena. It was awesome. I, I highly recommend you guys see Mulaney's new act. It's very, very good. You put your, you, they give the cell phone bags. Yeah. Mm. And it's great because it does keep the, the talk about it to a minimum, right? You have to be present to a degree. And I'm not saying that the goggles are going to change all this because clearly we have Oculus, but at some point, I think one of the greatest sporting events that I've had, and I know you've experienced this as well, is if sitting courtside at the NBA game. Doesn't matter who's playing, right? At all. It's unreal. Doesn't matter any sporting event if you're courtside, particularly NBA. And unfortunately, it's cost prohibitive, 
right? You got to know somebody to know somebody to do, ultimately do it. And I was thinking that, you know, part of the demo experience was I saw the Denver Nuggets versus the Lakers in the Western Conference semifinals and of this past summer. And it was awesome. I, was, I felt like I was there. Was, was I actually there? No, but did it satiate like 90% of the feeling? Yeah. Hmm. And then it, it, I'm going to get better. And because it's going to have ESPN and the entire Apple universe plugged in immediately when you put on these goggles, unlike the Oculus, I'm going to be able to go to any sporting event. Remember, I saw a Barcelona FC game on the top of a soccer goal, right? It was awesome. Hmm. And there are other things that you're going to be able to do. And, and while I spoke briefly about all the other technological advancements that the goggles had, I'm specifically going to just focus on the ability to share a live experience with your friends um, remotely. And it got me thinking that whatever the price would be to have that sort of proximity to be able to experience something virtually, but Honestly, it's like at minimum 90%, like the real thing. In a lot of ways, maybe better. Like I don't love going to a lot of sporting events necessarily because like a UFC match, as great as it is, it's better on TV. Hockey, sometimes better. A lot of things are better on TV. As nice as it is to be there, it's better. And this is like exponentially so. So what happens to all the seats at a live event? Right? Like, if I spent $1,500 a ticket to sit at the nosebleeds to watch the Taylor Swift Eras tour at SoFi Stadium or MetLife Stadium, but I could also watch, be basically front row on the movie, eh. Like, at some point, that return on investment is not the same. So, what happens when the advancements on how I consume entertainment live? is much better than it's ever going to be. Well, what happens to everything that's mid-tier to lower-tier live viewing experience? Mm -hmm. Are you going to pay those prices? When you could probably pay the same amount, ultimately, and be courtside? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) it's so loaded, right? Like, So you're saying for sure... The virtual courtside experience, the put on the goggles and I am courtside is flat out a better viewing experience than mid-tier, upper-tier seats at any sporting event. That's a given, right? That 10%, that difference between 90 and 10% or 100% sitting courtside is probably less to do with the viewing experience and more to do with I'm walking up to my seat in the front row. Right. And, and this is my prediction. It. This is a real Dave Stradamus, right? So. I think that uh, Ticketmasters and whoever sells tickets, there is going to be a uh, great upheaval because this technology is going to completely, you know, revolutionize live ticketing experiences. Like, why would I go when I could just sit at home and I can watch it with my friends? I can watch a live experience with you to my left, you know, to my right, with all my friends. Mm-hmm. In, in some ways, it's enhanced because we can be texting everybody. There's another screen. I could be watching, uh, you know, the Monday night game, the Thursday night game to my left. I can have all of this in my purview and still be there. And by the way, when you get those courtside tickets, very rarely do you actually get to go with your friends. Right. <laughs> you don't ever get to go with your so friends. So it, it, it will have different advantages. What exactly? I don't know. But again, 
even if it wasn't awesome, but just to be able to watch it a game from courtside. And and the thing is this, I can watch it from courtside and then I can watch it like it's on TV if I go up to my left. Right. <laughs> well, like, so I can see the jumbotron right there. The whole thing is like I'm really there. So the question really is to me is unequivocally that's going to happen. So it's going to change the the ticketing, the toll booth of that. I don't know who and how that wins. I don't know how much you're going to be able to charge for that. Ultimately, who 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 does that? Does Ticketmaster get in trouble? Is the you know, or does that help the broadcasting of the event? Well, did you play it out and say our stadiums in trouble, less full or empty? Is it pandemic That's era in the to bubbles? <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. Is like, why would I on the upper? If I have to sit on the upper half of a stadium, why would I do that? When you have parking. You have all of these things mm-hmm. and the cultural currency to say I was there and you were not is not that great because here's the thing. Live experiences aren't going away, but the premium real estate to experience it is only going to go up in value, both in actual currency, fiat currency, and in social currency. Mm-hmm. Look, look at where I am. I'm courtside. That is going to be the biggest social flex. Yeah. Look how close I am to the thing. That's going to be the social flex. Well, it's the Taylor Swift thing you just talked about. The, the flex was, where were you? Were you there? It had to be there, right? Not just, oh, I want to see the era's movie. So being able to experience that is going to be so few and far between. So those prices are going to be through the roof, astronomically so, right? It's going to be virtually free to sit up top. Yeah. Virtually free. Literally virtually Probably free. actually free. Yeah. To sit up top. Probably. And just concessions. Right. Unless there's some intervention and regulation. What? I don't know. So I feel pretty confident that's going to happen. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, I've just been replaying this for months on end. As I've had multiple conversations with this awkwardness of like, you were there. (laughs) So, yeah. And not that many people. As far as I know, there's only one other person that's warned them. And they're like, you know, pretty powerful (laughs) person. Right? They they should have warned and not me. So I got thinking that these prime experiences mm-hmm. is just a microcosm for everything else in culture. Okay. And it doesn't, and so now take away the, I'm wearing a goggle. Food happens to be one of these things that you can't download. And it is now social currency, cultural currency. It is. It's social media. Look where I'm at. Look at what you're not eating. Look what I'm cooking. Look what you're not doing. It's the have and have nots. The restaurants that are the, the so I'm, I'm basically my prediction is the, the, the places that have premium offerings, the ambiance, mm. the quality, the comfort, right? They're going to, the pricing on that is going to go fucking through the roof. So like, let's just say, let's just pull a restaurant in America. Say like the French Laundry. Pretty much woven into the fabric of this is, I I know nothing about food. I get this a lot. I know nothing about food, but is it true that I have to go there? Right? Because now people don't ask, what's your favorite dish? They're like, what's the restaurant I have to go at? Is it true that the French Laundry is that good? Because it's been around. It is iconic. And people know that it's expensive. And what is it? You know, how much is it per person right now? Probably $800, $900 all in after tax and tip. I do think it'll be restaurants like that. 
that are destination, that have, when you sit down, you feel the swag. You feel the the weight of fucking, like, oh. It's the same feeling, to, to, to put a point on what you're saying, it's the same feeling as I'm being led to my courtside seat. Exactly. You have this, I, not I made it. It's like, oh, this is what the other half Everybody wants like. to be where yeah. I am right now. Yes. Right? <laughs> it's that feeling of like, wow, I'm tasting what it's like to be at the inner sanctum of fucking awesomeness. Yeah. And I'm only using that, that restaurant as an example. There, there are places like that. It doesn't have to be super, super fine dining, but it has to carry that kind of weight. And I think the pricing on those things are going to go through the roof. I think hospitality is going to get skewed and it's going to be misunderstood by the media. It's only a fraction of the hospitality industry that's going to fucking see a bonanza mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Truly experiential dining. When I say experiential, it's an offering that no one else can do. All right? And that's what I mean by experience. It's hard to replicate. When I say experiential, I mean it's not easy to replicate. Right? It's not. And money can't necessarily replicate it either. Right? It's, it's, it's got something that no one else can have. I think those experiences become like everything else in culture that is primo. The 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 the, the cost analysis on, on is just going to. I thought of you the other day. I was listening to uh, our friend Karina Longworth's podcast. She was talking about Jack Nicholson, and he was you know he's seventies uh, eighties everything was perfect, and he started he described himself as in that period he was like. I was in the curl, like a surfer in the curl of the social zeitgeist. And you make a movie, it's not going to come out for two or three years. But I knew what was going to happen, like what the culture would be in three years. So I would pick a movie not based on the world we were currently living in, but the world we would be living in in two or three years. So if you're a restaurateur, you're someone in the food world, and you're I'm like, I feel like you are in this curl of like, what's going to be in two, three, five years? What are you saying I'm I'm gonna make a restaurant. I'm gonna plan a restaurant for three to five years from now. What am I doing? I think this is a little bit of a meta answer. I think the reality will never be reflected by the media. Number one, because they're just they don't want to talk about this. They're not going to talk about this, <laughs> and two, they're not going to see it quickly enough. They're already behind the fucking eight ball. Mm-hmm. They're just like so late on shit. They are. I know, and. I, I just think that by the time it happens, people aren't going to talk about it because they don't want to talk about it. Well, it's going to be, it's the last thing the current food video wants to talk about, which is like where the reality of which is the most expensive experience are the only ones that are going to survive. No, I don't think it's the most expensive necessarily. I don't know. I'm just saying definitively, I don't know that. What I do believe and what I would bet on is Places and things that are very hard to get, the limited supply. Um, but you have to ask yourself, what are, so this is the next last thing and then we'll get in the pod. What are the kinds of restaurants that you might think, regardless if I'm accurate or not on this prediction, what are the kinds of restaurants or, say Taylor Swift, this is a good example, right? Why is it more, why, what are the things in culture that are coveted by a greater amount of people, right? Are they avant-garde? Is it is Taylor Swift playing, you know, Devo and Kraftwerk? The Fall? Just noise, noise metal? No. Like, 
Beyonce is playing things that I think is more avant-garde than Taylor and as popular as Beyonce is. It's, it's, and it's massively so. It's not as is, mainstream as Taylor's. Right. Right? She's playing purely pleasurable shit. Pleasurable stuff. Right? What what are the things that we want, right? Like At what we really want, not what we say we want. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, what? and 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 that's if you look, people want the trappings of, I think, from a culinary restaurant, the people want the trappings of of history. Mm-hmm. Right? They want it could be something like a beautiful restaurant that is historic, or it could be. I'm sitting at the most exquisite Inoki wood counter and that only five other people are having and I'm having the number one box of uni and the number one maguro and the number one everything and no one's going to ever talk about it, but I don't need to. Or it's it's the corner table at Galatoire's on a Friday afternoon, right? Exactly. <laughs> the it's hardest fucking table Something that you, you are able to get that's something no one else wants. But the thing is like, you have to have something that other people want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's that want is like mass. So I don't know. Ying. That's what I, I I think I'm. I think about these things. I'm a little bit more sure of my bet, but it's it, it's not. This isn't me talking about food. It's more of getting a better understanding of the things that people want on a mass scale. The demand is it not? Uh, it's not usually. Maybe it's just me at the age of forty six realizing like, oh man, that's pretty fucking stupid of me to finally realize what people want is what they want. Not what and what they want. <laughs> when they want to consume something and pay, spend money on it, right? Like a lot of money is something that no one else can have, right? But that, what, what, what they covet is what a lot of other people covet as well. I believe that's called supply and demand. Right. And, and, but there's certain attributes that I think are only in demand, like historically so, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. It's never going to be cutting edge. Yes. It's never going to be avant-garde. It's never going to be difficult. It's never going to be... Exactly. It's going to be... You know, easy to digest. Both... You know what I mean? I and think, I, I, I guess I may feel like an idiot for realizing this now. No, I think this is only a lesson that comes with age. This is like... This is what... I've been trying to learn about making media and writing things for 20 years. Just like, oh, it'd be nice if they could get it. They'd probably enjoy it more if they could understand what the hell I'm trying to talk about. So, I I, I don't know. It's interesting, though. Yeah. But mainly a lot of it is just because of what what happens to experiences as they get the, the, the spectrum of experiences become more polarized because one end it's going to get more curated, more awesome and more inaccessible. And the other end, it gets cheaper and faster for sure. Right? Like everything's going to get cheaper and faster on the other. Everything else, which is the majority of shit, like what, like I'm not sure exactly what happened. At least not for the next however many years. Yeah. Anyway, let's take a break. 
This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Great iced tea takes you somewhere else like new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea that we have here at the Spotify Studios and drink quite a bit where unexpectedly blackberry flavor transports you to a very delicious place. So refreshing you may never want to leave. You will eventually have to though, but take your time. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit Amazon.com slash Pure Leaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf. That's 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Great iced tea takes you somewhere else like new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea that we have here at the Spotify Studios and drink quite a bit where unexpectedly blackberry flavor transports you to a very delicious place. So refreshing you may never want to leave. You will eventually have to though, but take your time. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit Amazon.com slash Pure Leaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf. That's 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. All right, three things. I got a, a task by Yuna to talk about. Three things that I want to try just for one day. <laughs> three jobs, Dave. Not just things. Come on. Three jobs you would want to do for one day. Well, I don't want to do shows for one day. Three jobs that I would just do. I still think working with some kind of, I think glass blowing or something that is steel related would be cool if I was good at it. What is it? You like the, you like the molten No, I love, I I like that. What I do love about this. And I, and I do say this, if I had to start it all over again, if I was like 22 years old, I'm not a cook today because it's too cool. It's too, like, in the mainstream. Mm-hmm. It's too accept- acceptable, right? Mm-hmm. I would choose a job that actually you can do, pour yourself into, and that there's a, a high barrier of entry to actually be proficient at it. Mm-hmm. Not great, proficient, right? Sure. And working with a furnace to some degree, to whether it's glass or working with steel, iron rot, metal, that, that, cool. that's going to like prevent any a lot of people from doing it because it's just fucking hard. Right. You know? <laughs> and like... The results are cool too. I don't know. I, 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 maybe, I, I swear to God, it's like, I'll just make fucking horseshoes for horseshoes. You, don't even, you just want to make a fence. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I was like, I swear to God, like, what do you do? I, I make horseshoes. <laughs> Guess what? You're always, people, horses are only going to need horseshoes. You know what I mean? <laughs> Horses are always going to need horseshoes. That is the mantra of the horseshoe business. Yeah. Yeah. What are those people called? What are horseshoe people called? The, They're uh, called? the other job that I would do, and it's not a job. I mean, it's funny because I've been offered a lot over the years to, to make a pet food. And I think Jose Andres just came out with a pet food. I think <laughs> a bunch of chefs have pet foods. If I do it all over again, <laughs> I think from the culinary point of view, I think these chefs figured it out. We should have just made dog food. Mm. It's a big market. Pet cat food. That's a- I mean, God, did we really fucking miss that boat? <laughs> so you're telling me, you're telling me that I can make something and whatever I make, as long as it is healthy and doesn't injure anybody, but adds nutrition. And it's like, you know, not, not hard to do. Mm-hmm. I can do that for humans. Mm-hmm. I can definitely do it for animals. 
But I don't have to worry about some St. Bernard being like, ugh, this again. Inauthentic. <laughs> it's not It's not to my liking. I don't have to worry about a, you know, a chihuahua being like, well, I'm going to write about this on Yelp. <laughs> I don't have to worry about some. Food was fine. Service was very curt. Some feline animal being like, it tastes tinny. <laughs> you can't get the notes of grassy notes. Yeah. It's just not enough liver flavor. <laughs> I think they put too much lungs in this one. <laughs> or not enough. Not enough. <laughs> not enough lung. Yeah. It's, that's what I mean. I'm going to think about it. It's like, all I have to do is make marketing for dumb human owners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are the most susceptible. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's the same market, too. Just like 20-something, 30 So you're telling me I have to owners. market something that whatever I make, the pet's going to eat for the most part. Mm-hmm. Unless it's like my dog and totally neurotic. But the owner, the person purchasing it will never eat it. Yeah, yeah. They will, they will be convinced, but never try it. Never they will try never know. It. They'll never it's know. It's a no-brainer. <laughs> They'll never know. It's a no-brainer. You, just, you could just white label some Alpo. And so it's be like, like, I make mac and cheese for my boys, but I try it all the time. It's like, right. you know what I mean? We can't get one by you. I mean, I think if I could do it all over again, I would have become a real pet food. Who's to say that it might not happen? <laughs> May happen. But like, it's like, you know what a good business is? When I see a package at the pet store, it's like, that's just a, that's just a, a, a cow bone. <laughs> what, what did you do to that? Nothing. <laughs> it's just a cow bone. Right. What, what is that? Oh, that's a cow penis. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, was like, oh, it's a dry cow penis. <laughs> what? Is there something special about it? I'm, no, I made no, it. Yeah, we just dragged it. It's, it we, and it's a, there. We put a, it in a bully, package. St- a bully like, stick. It's like $50 for a package of like three. Yeah. Right. And as a human, I'll never know if it's good or not. Yeah. I'll never know. Never know. Because you know what? My dog will eat anything. Yeah, my dog will eat anything. <laughs> exactly. So we missed the whole fucking... We had one assignment and we fucked it up. You just had two doors, make food for humans or make food for yeah. animals that you chose poorly, my friend. Like, and not only that, the dog, the animals are going to like love it. Yeah. It was all ego. Whatever I make, they're right going to love it. It was right there in front of you. They were like, you can get some praise and a lot of criticism from people or endless love from animals. And you were like, I need that people praise. I'm just saying. I, I, I think about it quite a bit. <laughs> but man, I should have just made pet food. Not too late. Maybe. Maybe. Pet restaurants. No, that, 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 that's too far. <laughs> but making food for people that are not people, right? Yeah. Just like, whatever I make, they're going to eat. Like mm-hmm. that, what? I feel like Thanos. It does, and you know what? It can all just be brown kibble. Yeah. I mean, I'm basically feeding cereal to dogs <laughs> with no milk. It's amazing. And they're like so thankful. They'll literally be loyal to you for the rest of your life just because you gave them some brown kibble. I know. Anything, anything that is a food item snack in the dog world, we, I should have made that. Mm-hmm. 
And I can imagine some comment with, you've been doing that in your entire career. <laughs> anyway. That's a good one, though. <laughs> Anybody out there who thought of that, that's a good one. <laughs> oh, it's the third one. Third one. Huh. Third one. So far, steel worker, glass blower. Pet food manufacturer. Cable, <laughs> cable technician. Cable technician. Underwater ceramics technician. <laughs> Underwater ceramics technician. <laughs> yeah. What, what have you been doing the past five years? Yeah, I, I've been working with an elite force of underwater ceramics technicians. Really? Yeah. That's so interesting. Okay. Now, what, what is that? I, I, I've been, uh, <laughs> I'm well versed in the S25X machinery. I got 10,000 hours on the S25X, actually. It's, uh, man, I'm one of the... Any, anytime there's some kind of underwater ceramics emergency. If I could do something for one day or forever, I'd probably try to be... Uh, let's just see. Let's just see here. A football coach. <laughs> NFL football coach. Here's what I love about it. The, what I love about that is that if it was only literally one day. No, I want it forever. No, I think, it's, I think it's much better if they would literally give you one day. They would say, okay, it's the Las Vegas Raiders. They've been pre- preparing all week for this, for this game. By the way, there's a surprise. Dave Chang is the coach today, only for today. <laughs> That's it. It's a one-day contract where you'll have all decision-making powers. Listen, if I would call a game... I would never punt the ball, onside kick, every kick, no field goals, and everything would be, you know, just one route. <laughs> just, Four, just, you know, five route, spread. Just, just nine, nine, nine yeah, all the way. Yeah. <laughs> every single every play, single nine, nine, nine play. downfield. Every single play. See, that's what I'm saying. The, the, I think that the, the, Pet food manufacturer and the, uh, what the hell is your first one? Your steel worker thing are interesting rear choices you could have made, but you've, you've blown the opportunity of these other ones with the one dayness of it all. You could be president for one day, do whatever you want, and just be like, I'm out. Sorry. No. Sorry. I don't believe in the one day. I believe in this as a calling all right. for your life. All right. I, I would lean into the one day of it all. What president? Would it be yours? President? Three. Prostitute? <laughs> Oh my god! And uh, somebody you heard it, folks. Ride operator at Disney. I'm wondering. I'm wondering if I'm a therapist <laughs> listening to Chris. She makes a phallic mummy like pastry, and he. I have the, the my he, therapist job is the easiest job in the world. And he and he fillets it. <laughs> President, prostitute, and uh, ride operator at Disneyland. Those are my three one day jobs. Chris, you have three choices, and those are your three. You're talking about the one dayness of it all. I'm talking about you have three choices. President. And you chose prostitute and ride operator. Like that's two of know. your three. I can only come up with two. President. Why would you choose to be a prostitute? It's so I weird. Know, see how see how the other half lives, man. I don't know. I don't know, man. It was not, it was not very well thought out. <laughs> I I do think the ride operator combined with the prostitute was a bad look. So. So you, I'm not doing them all at the same time. So you could be in Buffalo Bill's house. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Putting lotion in the bathroom. Cowboy, fireman, astronaut. Ooh, there you go. 
Actually, an astronaut for one day would be pretty sick. All right. Well, we'll take a break. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs, scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Last pod I was talking about one time, man. Mm. And here's another prediction. We did a whole uh, <laughs> Lucky Peach episode about pho. Didn't quite take off as the way I thought it was. <laughs> Very happen. I did make the There's going to be a run on newsstands. I think it was going to be a run on pho shops. <laughs> but then I realized why people are can make, you know, it's more culturally accepting for them to make Japanese food than mm. Vietnamese food. Mm. So that's actually the reason why pho never took off. Why people can't sell pho, but they can sell ramen. <laughs> Just facts. Well, it's interesting because— Why it, people can't sell pho? It's interesting because it actually puts a dent in the, the theory I've always held, which is white people can ruin anything. But it sounds like they can't ruin pho because they can't sell it. Uh, you know, I do stuff with Acre, and I got a deck, and this guy is trying to make— I want to say that guy. This person. <laughs> this person is a— uh, Go to— building a business on uh, ghee. And I said, as a joke, I was like, let me guess. It's a fucking white guy. <laughs> sure enough. I said, yes. you can't. Come on. That's rough. Anyway. I, I think that wonton men, when I say wonton men, it's wonton noodle soup. Mm. Am I an expert in it? No. Have I been to Hong Kong and had the real thing? Have I had a lot of wonton noodle soup? Yes. Have I had a lot of bad wonton noodle soup? Yes. But I do believe that in, in many versions of it, that lo mein is the precursor to ramen. And basically any noodle soup owes its allegiance and fealty to anything that was Chinese mm-hmm. broth with noodles in it. Cantonese food is clean for the most part. But if you had to give one word synopsis of Cantonese food for me, I would say clean. Can you? We, 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 this is a clean is such like a common descriptor among food people and talking about flavors. <laughs> it's such a loaded term, though. What do you mean when you say clean? Cantonese food is clean. Clean is a, it's the same thing with Italian food. It's you know if it was Italian, they'd say it was like pure. <laughs> you know, simplicity, simplicity, yeah. rustico. <laughs> But it is. I think the flavors are clean. And the reason why I don't know if it would ever work is because, you know, a while back I joked that tonkatsu ramen is the EDM ramen, right? It's, mm-hmm. it, it's like designed to beat you over the head with umami, sugar, fat. It's like... Activate your exact frontal cortex. Yeah, just like If you're young and dumb... <laughs> 
easily triggered. Easily triggered just and like manipulated. Floated like a moth to a flame. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> that Tongatsu ramen is the EDM of ramen. Dumb. <laughs> facts. I'm sort of facts here. All right, so what's the classical music of ramen? Then? Or you're having some midlife crisis and you're rolling all the fucking time. What good are you to fucking society when you're that person? I honestly can't tell if you're criticizing EDM fans or Tonkotsu Robin fans. It doesn't matter to me. Both both applicable. So, like, the, the, the funny thing is, I think what is contemporary right now in ramen is, is chicken and seafood ramen that are very light broths. We've come full circle. And here's the thing. People may not agree with me because they're behind. <laughs> they don't know. People might, might not agree with me because they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but like it, it is a growing trend of when I say clean, it's, it's not muddled flavors. It's, it almost tastes light. Mm-hmm. Right? Not, uh, not uh, watery. <laughs> Just but it, like, it could taste watery to people because, you know, it, it, it is not, uh, it has more nuance. Mm. It's, It's finesseful. It's subtle. You have to have some. It's like elegant. Yeah. You have to have an appreciation for simplicity. Mm-hmm. Right. It's the same thing when, you know, the, the line, was it in Jiro? I don't remember, but it's always true when I talk to a sushi chef, right? Like they hate Toro. Mm. Toro's the EDM for sushi. <laughs> okay. Right. It is. It's easy to find deliciousness in just the fattiest piece of tuna. Yeah, and Uni's the Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. My losing people. This is the nastiest sushi bar I've ever been to, man. <laughs> but truly, Akami, which is the lean tuna, is the most desired mm. for me. I love it. Or anything that's a white sardine anchovy. But really, like, if you have the choice to most people to eat sushi, and I would say most people, they would choose the toro over a kami. Like 90%, again, the 90-10 rule that I'm uh, coming up with today, most people would choose the toro. Mm-hmm. No question, in my mind. Without overwhelming most evidence. Most people choose the Toro over a Kami. Flavor-wise, or most people choose the Toro out of, I, I know Toro's supposed to be good. Both. Yeah. Right? Well, so. it's more expensive than a Kami. It's yeah. got to be better. Yeah. Because if you eat a Kami, it's really hard to taste. You you don't get that unctuousness, that fattiness right at the bat. It's, you have to have a developed palate to appreciate it. And I mean that. When I say developed, the Certainly you can like it, but it's not, it doesn't have the low-hanging culinary fruits that Toro has. Otoro, Chutoro. And I, and I think that one of the reasons that uh, wonton men has sort of like a ceiling on it is it doesn't have the EDM nature of tonkatsu. Mm. And it doesn't have the sort of the, the, the unctuous lore of, say, what uni provides that like forbidden fruit. I don't know. Like everything you see in wonton men is like, yeah, I I know what, I know what, I know what it is. Mm -hmm. And there's no variation. Right. Like I'm friends with Chinese chefs, Chinese American chefs. And I'm sure you know, would agree. 
they, you know, sometimes we'll get in a philosophical argument. It's like, well, I can't do what you do with food because I have I'm fucking Chinese. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? Like I have to, like it's what it's like what Eddie said when he's on the pod. It's like I have five thousand years of of yeah. uh, responsibility I have to see to all the time. It's like you got fucking spam. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, in in crasser terms, it's like one ton mian, Mary, <laughs> tonkotsu, fuck. Yeah, I I, I just I this is really just an appreciation post for one ton mian. I think that I had a good bowl at. Who's wonton king? And I would say that most people that probably would try it would be like, "Yeah, this doesn't have the flavor of that. Where's the chili? Where's this?" But it stopped, it stopped me dead in the tracks because it was so clean, mm. so pure. Someone might say it tastes boring, mm. but I, that's not what I tasted. I right. thought it was really a top tier for me. Am I an expert in wonton men? No. Have I went out in Hong Kong? Have I been to the places? Yeah. That doesn't make me anything. I'm just telling you from my experience, like I've had what I think are good bowls. And I think that it has all of the elements of a bowl of noodle soup that I'm more inclined to want to eat these days. What do you care about most in that bowl? If it's noodles, broth, and one ton, what do you care about most? It's the broth. Yeah. But what I do love about the broth is the, 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 it's that textural contrast between the noodles and the softness of the one ton, right? And then you get a little, there's always just a little bit of a, like a baby bok choy or tat choy or something like that. And a little bit of like a scallion. So it's like everything is purposeful. You're getting a little, they're bigger chunks because so you're taking bites of it. So I, I don't know. I, I don't think we're going to see a resurgence. I just don't think we're going to see a resurgence of wonton men ever because it's, you know, it's, it's like classical music to some degree. I think it's, yeah, for the exact reason you said, which is, Putting your spin on this or whatever is pointless. <laughs> there's there's one platonic ideal to chase. Yeah. So do yourself a favor and go eat some. I would love to see a resurgence. Uh, you know, I would love to see a wonton men shop. That's all they make. God damn, I would eat that. It would be so good. <laughs> I would eat that every day. Like, just that's all you eat? I would legitimately. That's it. See, I eat tonkotsu once every four years. I would eat wonton men every single day. I mean, I just don't want to eat gravy <laughs> it with is noodles. It's like thick gravy. It's gr- it's, honestly, it's sort of gross. <laughs> Let's take a break. We have PFFW. We're not going to be back till Thanksgiving week when the New York Jets face the Miami Dolphins. I have some work commitments that prevent me from joining the Thursday night football team. And this week, we are in. Pittsburgh. There's two games. In, there's two games in Pittsburgh. Unfortunately, I'm missing both. Maybe I would only want to be in one. I've only been in Pittsburgh once in my life. Actually, that's not true. Two times. And if you don't know what Pro Football Food Weekly is, it's our guide to determining which teams are going to win the upcoming week's football matchups by judging the only thing that matters: the food. And of course, we'll be sticking to the evaluating the evaluation of the five S's. The sandwiches, steakhouses, seafood, sweets, and special teams slash special sauce of cities. And last week, again, we were 0-2. <laughs> we're overall 5-12. and 12. <laughs> It's so bad. The two games we're going to choose this week are Tennessee Titans versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Not two games. We're just going to choose one game this week. Correct? 
because we're trying to limit our losses. <laughs> we don't want to bet good money after bad. Well, Tennessee Titans versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. You should know on a real football level, it seems like Ryan Pickett is injured and they're starting, starting uh, Mitch Trubisky. But that couldn't matter less. Who I think has won as many games in the NFL as I have. <laughs> no, he won a couple with the Bears, right? Did Mitch win? He won a couple. Which is why he's no longer on the Bears. <laughs> but the Steelers are, even with Pickett out, still a three-point favorite at home. And Tennessee Titans uh, maybe has struck gold with Will Levis. And I'm secretly rooting for Will Levis because he was passed over in the draft. They said he had some potential medical issues, but I never like it when I watch the draft and you see somebody. And I guess it's also one athlete. If I was offered the chance to be part of the first round TV show, I would never show up. <laughs> you would just be Even though I was like the number one draft pick, I wouldn't show up. You would just stay home. I would do it like Joe Thomas did when he was the Browns. I'd just go fishing. <laughs> They're going to draft me anyway. <laughs> you don't want to sh- you you hug the No, but like and- I feel bad. You know, famously Aaron Rodgers fell down. Uh, your boy, Aaron Rodgers. Excuse you. Formerly my boy. Now now a man that I do not support. Until Unless you're listening to your boy, Joe Rogan. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. Hey, he's also on Spotify. It's all family. <laughs> I know. You can't, you can't shape my politics like this. It's not who I am. Or is it? Tennessee Titans in Nashville. The, uh, I got to say, on paper, a, a, a very strong food city. Uh, very strong. With or without Ryan Pickett or Mitch Trubisky. I, I don't really even have to go in the five S's. You don't even have to examine it. No. So Pittsburgh is a three-point favorite. Are we calling an upset here? Is it a really an upset Not when really. the team that has the better food city is going to win? <laughs> and again, Pittsburgh, don't get upset. I'm just saying when the game is played, it's theoretically possible that Tennessee, I'm just basing this on the game itself. Not after the game. Not before the game. Because Pittsburgh could have the better food city. But in the game, Tennessee has the better food city. Well, in life they do too. <laughs> Unfortunately for Pittsburgh fans. Our resident Pittsburghian, Pittsburgher, whatever they're called, is not here. Um, you got the sandwich, Promantes, Promantes, Promantes. Is is? Let me ask you this though. Just in defense of Pittsburgh, is Pittsburgh the home of your beloved wedge sandwich? I think it's Buffalo. Let me see. No, it's the wedge. It's from Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Damn mm-hmm. it. Well, that being said, as delicious as it is, as delicious as a Promantes beef sandwich is, the hot chicken sandwich and all of its imitators, after Prince's invented it in Nashville, is so strong. Also, what's the barbecue place I love down there? Sean's friend. Arnold's, not Arnold's. They had Arnold's. We filmed there. My God. Let's look it up. I'm completely blanking. They make a mean bologna. I, I feel that people may not realize Nashville makes a mean bologna sandwich as well. So this is what I wanted to say. I'm not, I'm not a hot chicken guy. Because you're a wimp. I am a wimp. And I feel like it's more of a dare than a sandwich. But 
you can you don't have to get it spicy. But but the hot bologna sandwich, the recession special at Robert's Westernware, a hot sandwich, a bag of chips, and an ice cold Miller High Life for six dollars. That does it for me. Robert's is a Martin's. is a dreamy place. Is it Martin's? So I'm just saying for sandwiches, listen. Truth be told, I've never had a Promantes <laughs> beef sandwich. Did I pronounce that right? Yeah, you have to you have to say it with extra disdain every no, time. No, I'm not you trying say to say it. Promantes, right? I guess so. Yeah, Corey's not here. Promantes. That's what he told us. That's how he taught us to I say. Know, he yelled Permantes. at us about it. Promantes. It's the one of the best things I've ever had. Is the buffalo sand the bologna sandwich by? Robert's Western Word. The other one. What's the barbecue spot? Martin's. Martin's. I'm sorry. Martin's. I think it's Martin's. It is Martin's. That bu- that that bologna sandwich. Um, I was so hungover. It gave me life. <laughs> Saved me. And also, I, I I really did hurt myself eating that. That that ugly delicious episode when you eat the hot chicken, man. Holy was, cow! It burned my stomach lining. Top five spiciest things? Number one spiciest thing. Really? It was it was horrible. I was vomiting. Vomiting when you eat something that spicy is worse too because it gets in your eyes and your nose and your throat all over again. It's actually, people don't realize when you eat something that spicy, it's not only the spicy in once and then out your butt. It's three. Because <laughs> if you eat something that spicy, you're going to vomit it. That, what people don't realize is if you're really eating something that spicy, you're going to vomit it up. Because if you're not vomiting it up, you're not eating spicy enough. It's so spicy that your stomach has to reject it. Can't imagine why I, this is really for me. <laughs> Can't imagine why it might not be for some people. But yeah, it's out of all orifices. All orifices. And that is, it's really like you mace yourself. You've basically pepper sprayed yourself. It's an all orifice sandwich. But, but what saved my day, the lembus bread for me that day, <laughs> was that bologna sandwich by, by Martin's. You use the white bread again. To, to actually pick off the pieces of chicken and eat it so your fingers don't get messed up. The bread is a glove. It only took me half a dozen times <laughs> eating it to figure that shit out. <laughs> so mad about it. Uh, for steakhouses, I'm not going to go to the traditional steakhouses. In Tennessee, you got Deacon's New South. And then from a reader's pr- suggestion, Pittsburgh has Gaucho Paria Argentina, an Argentinian steakhouse, which I'm sure is delicious. But the reality is, steakhouse really is more of a a moniker for meat. Mm. And Nashville has good barbecue. It does. It's got good meat. And I don't care what anybody says from Pittsburgh. You cannot tell me your barbecue is better than Nashville's. <laughs> East Tennessee style is just not. I can't. You don't, you're not, you're, you're not a big Pittsburgh style barbecue guy. <laughs> I'm sure there's great barbecue. Listen, Pitt is in the name. I, if you're listening, I'm not trying to piss anybody off, but even if you, if you're a barbecue pit master expert from Pittsburgh as a whole, you may have the best barbecue in Pittsburgh, maybe in the country, but we're talking about a city here. It's very difficult to overcome the uh, Nashville's meat, meat industry. It's just too strong. Yeah, it's a juggernaut. I mean... People really don't eat anything. But meat. But meat. And bread. And, and this is why this is why I'm going to give Pittsburgh the fish. I don't think I've ever had fish in Nashville. 
Why would you? Yeah. When you have meat. <laughs> it's just soft meat. So I'm giving Pittsburgh Holy's Fish Market is supposedly great. I'm okay. going to give, give you meat. Because I don't think I've ever seen anybody eat fish or seafood in Nashville. It might be illegal. <laughs> <laughs> seen a lot of people drinking. I've seen a lot of drunkenness. Did we talk about this before? Nashville may be the drunkest town in America, actually. I mean, people just falling on their face drunk. Like movie drunk. That's how I describe movie it. Drunk movie drunk is exactly what like it is. Like Dudley Moore from Arthur's is falling on your face drunk. You've never even seen Yeah, you think it's just a movie thing. It's and then just somebody just falling on their face and then their drunk-ass friend's laughing at them. <laughs> Vegas, New Orleans, that's, that's – people like their, their alcohol, but it's a way of life in Nashville. Oh, my God. I'm going to give the sweets to Pittsburgh as well. Okay. Right. The Pranti, the Pranti's burnt almond torque. Well, well, this is this is okay. Versus well, the Tennessee Goo 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 Cluster, <laughs> the disc-shaped candy bar containing marshmallow nougat. Nougat's such a good word. Caramel and roasted peanuts covered in milk chocolate. Sounds like a baby Ruth. <laughs> baby Ruth has no nougat, does yeah. it? It's just nuts and caramel. But it does sound like a baby Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> well, now this is a tight game. That's now this is a tight game. But like like the WWE, this is this, is all, this, this is, is all this is a foregone conclusion. You're gonna t- okay, Pittsburgh, home of Heinz special sauces, but you're not a ketchup man. So no, that doesn't count. Heinz. Okay. Okay. It's a legacy national brand. Legacy sauce. That belongs to all of us. I'm going with comeback sauce. The my, my Labs Pandemonium Hot Sauce made with champagne vinegar and elderflower syrup. Sounds right up your alley. <laughs> so give me a score. It's shit. The line I is think I fucked up. You did. I think I, I think I gotta give this game to Pittsburgh. <laughs> I think so too. Because you just picked comeback sauce. I know, I know. I gotta give I can't. I can't. I gotta give Heinz ketchup the fucking win. <laughs> so you don't always, it doesn't always have to be an upset, but you can tell me. It was supposed to be a three-point... No, I, I didn't realize that the special teams from Tennessee was fucking terrible. <laughs> you started describing the sauce you were giving it to, like, and not no, until it came out of your no. mouth did you say, and of course I have to give it to the champagne vinegar and I mean, flower sauce. You could say the special sauce for Tennessee is their propensity to get drunk. It's just sauce. They're just sauced. It's just sauced. Yeah. That is a good special sauce. Like, they're so drunk. That, is, that might be their special sauce. I dare say it's the drunkest town in America. That's what I'm saying. It's everywhere. Just like rivers of booze and beer. Weekends there is, it's gross. It smells like the bottom of a frat house. What's their the entire what's, city. What's the main street with all the, the whatever their main street matter. is. It is the smelliest place I've ever been, <laughs> man. It is so, it's just like people dressed to the nines and, or not wearing very much, just Standing in a stench of vomit and alcohol. I do think that. Con- congratulations, Tennessee. Drunkest town. We're giving you the drunkest town in America. <laughs> you heard it here first. That's a maybe not an honor that you want, but you're going to get. So it's just it's it's eight. The population of Tennessee is eighty five percent bachelor and bachelorette parties. <laughs> More marriages have been called off. I mean, I want to give. I love Nashville. In fact, I've always told Grace, "Can we move to Nashville one day?" I love Nashville. Big fan of Nashville. You know that. I do know that you had some kind of crazy climate-related reason too to be over there. But I, lo- I love Nashville in general because I do love the food. 
And I love the vibe and the scene and everything. I do. Um, I like Tennessee in general. I could move to Knoxville. Could you? Yeah. And when you were trying to get that that hot bowl of one time in, what would you do? I, I, I have to, unfortunately, Tennessee, go with Pittsburgh, even though my heart wants to say Tennessee. Wow. The algorithm is telling me Pittsburgh with Mitchell Trubisky as quarterback <laughs> is going to win. I'm gonna I'm gonna do something that's never been done before in PFFW. I'm gonna go with the spread. That's fine. Sometimes it can verify the spread. That's legitimizes PFFW. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Three points. Yeah. Give me a final score for those betting the over under. I wanted to say 64 25. <laughs> I think if we're going to go, if we're going to go with All the right, spread, okay, let me, let me just think I think about you should this. go. I got to think about this. 6 3. three. <laughs> <laughs> Trubisky at quarterback. Yeah. I, I, 6 3. It's talking to me. The algorithm's talking to me. <laughs> you need a faster processor, more memory. 31. 24. How many, that's, that's a lot of TD passes from yeah. Mr. Trubisky. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 31-24. Yeah. Pittsburgh. Okay. Mitch Trubisky. The Renaissance. The return of the Mitch. Renaissance means that you were good at one point. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, sure. Anyway. Take that to the bank. You should bet on it. <laughs> no. You choose to bet on it if you will, but we are not liable for your financial decisions. Chris is. Personally liable. All right, let's take a break. All right. What do we got here? You know, over and under. All right. It's time, again, time for a game of overrated, underrated. Uh, I'll give you guys the topics and um, Chris and Dave will debate whether or not it's overrated or underrated. Uh, we'll start with premium economy seats on flights. So I guess Delta Comfort Plus falls in this category. Premium economy. Overrated, underrated? Underrated. But I do not think that it's worth the price for the extra legroom. What What is the relative to a, a, a standard economy flight? Are we it's talking? The same about? amount of width and seat, but you get maybe like, I think like 33% more legroom, right? And also, I think that you get sometimes it's like a bucket seat, but sometimes it's just two instead of three in our aisle. Definitely more room. Definitely better amenities. Yeah, I mean... You know, I was watching something recently. It was about the CEO of Ryanair who was giving an airline. Someone was giving him grief about it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would choose this. On Ryanair, if you've never taken Ryanair before, it's a budget airline that is quite popular if you're on, like, student travel. Going from, like, say, I literally Ireland to the mainland... Of UK. Standing. Flying. I, I, oh, I suggested this to my wife. I was like, what would you pay for SRO on a flight? Just standing room only. Just, I'm, two hours? I'll stand here. I mean, it's pretty safe. And I'm sure, like, I could hold on to something. I think it'd be fine. You know what's crazy? Sometimes on a subway, I would pay to stand on an hour flight. 100%. Now, how much would you like, pay to sit? Because I, I, I don't want to sit next to somebody. What if you had a seat and they were like, sir, we're offering $500 uh, to allow another passenger to sit in your lap for this one-hour flight? <laughs> Sometimes, like, how much does it have to be for the airline when they're fully booked for you to be like, okay, I'll take that offer. I'll get off this flight and I'll ruin my life for 24 <laughs> hours. <laughs> 
that's like that's always the thing. Is just if your if your flight plans are flexible, my flight plans have never ever ever been flexible. Yeah, I've never had a flexible flight plan in my entire life, so I don't really know how you do that. Freemium economy, it's fine. All right, you know, next, next, mochi ice cream, overrated, underrated. I I I've long had an affinity for mochi ice cream. That was a second dessert we ever put on a Momofuku restaurant from uh, Bubby's from Hawaii. We'd get it shipped in. Nobody makes it from scratch. Nobody. I think that... uh, I mean, people have, but when they do, it's not as good as the manufactured one. Yeah, it's like making your own ketchup. I love love mochi from when you were talking about. From that time when I first also came into my awareness. I think that the imitators are garbage. <laughs> I think there's a lot of garbage. There's mochi a lot ice of garbage. There. There's a lot of garbage, but I think that people eat mochi ice cream wrong. I think that people don't know whether it actually is. It's a soup dumpling. <laughs> Take a bite. No, it's also like a fruit gusher. You pop it. No, you gotta, you gotta use the microwave or you have to be patient and let it like get to the point of the incorrect way we talk about things here. Please State of sublimation. sublimation. dude. You have to get to the point where the ice cream turns into a gas. You, know, like, you got to get to the point or right bef- between like melting and frozen, state of frozen, where it is almost like a pudding. Well, not only that, the mochi straight out of the freezer can often be too hard as well. I mean, you're a rookie if you eat that right off yeah. the top. Like, you're, just turn it off the fucking podcast. <laughs> if you just try to eat that straight out of the freezer, like you know, you got to find a way to get it to that state where you literally almost have to, like, you pick it up and it's going to, like, fall apart. Right? You almost have to put it like you're eating a soup dumpling. All right? I, I think I think the point where it's, where it's, like, jiggling and too about to fall apart is too far. No, 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 no. You don't know. You want it to be you don't know. liquefied? Oh, to the point between liquid and frozen. Okay? Ah, oh, the sublime state. The, su- the, sublima- <laughs> the state of sublimation. Fellas, so I ate a Bubby's mochi literally last night, and Dave is completely right. You have to like melt it down because for some reason this ice cream is a little. It's like it's like a cream, so it feels almost like a. So it was weird. Like I actually just like rubbed it in my hands for a while. The Bubby's one, yes, but like the st- like if you have a Trader Joe's is garbage, bad. Okay, yeah. So are the ones that you have in like the like the specialty artisan freezer case at the. Not good I, either. Bubby's is probably garbage. the best mochi, and I do tell you that if if you haven't tried it in the state of sublimation then you're missing out if anybody out there is studying for a high school physics or chemistry test please do not take this definition of sublimation to your test tomorrow that's why i think it's underrated i think it's underrated and underrated that people eat it incorrectly Hmm. and no you shouldn't bite it and drink it like a soup dumpling right i've only told you like the process of like maneuvering something that is Got no physical you like, just want structure. It to be softer, softer, and so delicious. like. But then you got to eat it like one. You got to oh, and then <laughs> and then you crush it. You got a kung fu panda. Yeah, you got a kung fu panda. That shit. All right. I think I love I love mochi ice cream. I think that it has been. I think that the proliferation of shitty ones makes it now overrated for me. Next. Next. Back to airports. Airport lounges overrated, underrated. Underrated. Dramatically underrated. But the bad ones 
Deltas and LAX is so nice now. If you were a cow, would you want to live? Would you like to be a pasture free range cow, or would you like to be a factory farmed cow in a in a feedlot? Can I can I tell you something that happened at Delta? And I thought about emailing our good friend Tim, the CMO of Delta, because I almost got into this. Should almost be a slice. This is almost a slice into an over under. So apologies, folks. This happened on a recent flight when I was taking a red eye in the Delta terminal because I'm a I've many million miler on Delta. They had a burrito, like a taco counter. And on the other side of the counter, somebody would heat up the tortilla on the, what looked like a crepe iron. And I saw them making a burrito instead of just heating the taco up. And I said to myself, that looked really good. Nice and crispy, like Super Rica style. Not mm-hmm. Super Rica, like a... La, uh, uh, a taqueria. Burrito in, at San Francisco, mission style. Looked like a mission style burrito. I was like, that's way better looking than anything else here. And I said, hey. And I was also like, again, late, late. So it wasn't that crowded. I said, can I have one of those? And they're like... Uh, uh, she looked at me as she was just trying to figure out the answer. She's like, yeah, um, oh, yeah, you know, no, no, this is just for staff. And I looked at her like, oh, somebody brought in all this. Someone brought in the tortilla to make. And I'm like, just tell me the truth. <laughs> and then immediately I look around to be like, okay, so there's a veggie buffalo chicken wrap. Mm-hmm. So the tortillas are there. So they're in-house. There's rice. All the ingredients are in my purview for somebody. You had your usual suspects yeah. with it. Yeah. And I'm like. <laughs> Kobayashi. Yeah. <laughs> Immediately, I'll, she didn't think that I knew that the there's tortillas. They weren't just tor- like big flour tortillas hanging around, but they were used as the wrap. Little did she know she was speaking to the world's number one food detective. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Knives out. <laughs> And she didn't understand that I was immediately, she didn't know that like, if I was working at Delta, I would also be making this. And what she didn't know is that would also be my excuse. So it was a little bit like that Spider-Man fucking cartoon. I'm like, I'm like, I've passed the test. You can make it for me. It's okay. I'm one of you. I'm one of you. I was like, I get it. I appreciate it. But you can make it for me. Just me. Come on. No. No, because that's part of the existence. God bless her. I also like my dining room hacks at the airport lounge. But I got to say, every time I'm flying in the morning at a Delta lounge, I'm definitely making myself a fiver, like like a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich. And cobbling it together with what you cobbling it together, not cobbling. I, I I construct that fucker with confidence. I mean, from cobbling. Let's not let's let's not make light of what a cobbler does. A cobbler takes what they are giving. But here's the thing: I magic. make it because usually they have the big sausages, right? Mm-hmm. The pork sausages. So I use the knife and I slice it in half. Mm-hmm. So I put two. So I got they got uh, eggs. I got the cheese, and I'm no longer able to put the hack of putting it through the 
toaster thing. Toaster up thing. I can't do that anymore. Um, so I can't heat up the eggs that, like heat up the cheese. So they don't have American cheese, but they have other kinds of cheese, like mm-hmm. blocks of cheddar cheese, like 24-7 and pepper jack. So I, I chop that up as well. So I, I'm, I'm constructing this in the morning. And I always make two of them. Mm. And everybody's looking at me. And I don't think that they're looking at me. It's like, well, what is this guy doing? I think they're looking at me. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> who's that other one for? Are you going to eat that? I, I really think they're looking at me. It's like, can you make me one too? That's the look I get. I, I'm, I'm genuinely telling you the truth. I make it every time at the Delta Lounge. And I think they're always just a little bit like, I'm also like, you can do it too, but they won't. Because they don't want to look like an idiot like I do. Like slicing it with the fucking plastic knife. Hey, while you're up and doing that insane thing, let me get one of those too. Yeah. I can see that. You got to put the butter on it too. Sometimes one of them is butter on the English muffin. The other is cream cheese on English muffin. Talk about underrated. Cream Cream cheese on on an English muffin. I know we talk about crumpets, but a proper English muffin, let me tell you what. I see. I, I... I don't think I think you're right that they're not looking at you with judgment because an airport is a is a an anomaly. It's an area that exists outside of time and society. Can I also tell you something, Chris? That I I don't know if people do enough of when mm. when you're waiting in line at a Delta or an airport lounge and you're getting your food, whatever time of day it is. I don't think people eat enough while they're getting the food in line. Well. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the case everywhere, but especially because in an airport lounge, because God only knows how long you have to walk around before you can find a seat sometimes. I mean, it's a little bit like, okay, oh, they have like chicken. on. Put chicken on my plate, and I'm I'm waiting in line to get to the next part of the buffet. Mm-hmm. I'm eating the chicken as I put it on. Like, well, you got to have room in the plate for the next room stuff. Room in the plate, yeah. So as I'm eating it, I'm I'm trying to eat as much as I can before I have to move away from the chicken. See, what I like to imagine is it's just like a, speaking of standing room only, you're just, you're eating your way through the buffet and by the time you get to the end of the buffet, you just deposit your dirty plate into yeah. the dish. Yeah. <laughs> what, what I'm really doing, the, truth be told, the reason why I'm doing that, that I'm trying to shovel as much food from the plate into my mouth as quickly mm. as possible is I don't want to the people that are behind me or in front of me, because usually there's a queue mm-hmm. in the mornings when you're traveling or in the, whenever I'm traveling now. I don't want to get their judging eyes on me when I go back up again. <laughs> so I try to eat as much as I can in that one trip up. You think the solution to being judged for going back for seconds is just to stuff your face in line. Yes. And that's how you're going to avoid judgment? Yes. Okay. It's diabolical. They don't see how fast I can. They don't see how fast. You know, if you slow down pickpockets, right? Like the really best in class pickpockets, you have to slow it down so you can see like, they'll like, you know, fake you out over here. And then they like, they take your wristwatch and you People don't know how fast I can put food into my mouth. It's so good. It's never been caught on camera. They don't even know. Nobody waiting in line knows that I'm eating. They just don't even know. So when you sit down next to a friend and, and they're like, I'm going to go back for seconds. You want anything? You're like, nah, no, I don't. Uh, yeah, seconds, no. I'm good. I'm good. But even the person to my right, if I'm going right to left, they could literally be looking at me in the eye as I put food onto my plate. Right? 
And they don't know that as I'm putting food on my plate, I'm also putting food into my mouth. They don't see it. <laughs> That's how fast I am. And slide ahead. They have to play it back in super slow motion. Be like, wait, 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 wait. When he picks up the the, yeah. the food from the, the plate, yeah. there are two pieces of chicken, but only one makes it onto his plate. I know. Where'd the other one go? Listen, let me just show you. This is in slow motion how fast it is. Okay. Slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> slow motion. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a rhythm to it that is so beautiful. Just one, two, three. One, All two, right. three. We killed this. Next. All right. Um, massage guns, overrated, underrated. Massage guns, overrated. Massage chairs, underrated. Yeah, that tracks for me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I use the massage gun, but the problem with the massage gun, I have to say, is this. You need somebody else to do it. How do you me. reach the place that needs to be I massaged? Know, I know. I know. I'm like, everyone's using this thing. I was like, how are you even using I don't want to just massage my thigh over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even do it. Hey, um. Is that, is that why you're making an edible mummy penis? <laughs> hey, wait. I want to. I wanna, <laughs> you know. I wanna, what's wrong? I want to say something else, though. You know. What's wrong? He's just. Nothing wrong, guys. Nothing wrong. Just, so, so far, we're just keeping the, the mummy penis. This is the first Dave Chegg show with necrophilia. Um, I oh wait, I wanted to talk about your burrito thing really quick. I had an experience. I do know what necrophilia means. <laughs> Today's word of the day. <laughs> I had a uh, speaking of burritos. I was at a golf course and I was at the snack shack and I got, I ordered a a burrito because I was out of my mind. And I think that this I did a little food detective work. And the contents of my burrito were such that the only explanation for what was in my burrito was that this person who made my burrito had only ever been shown a picture of the outside of a burrito and told it was a beef burrito and then just had to guess what goes up to the inside of this burrito. I, I bit into this beef burrito and inside of this beef burrito was entirely just sauteed onions <laughs> and bell peppers. With two two pieces of beef and legitimately exactly seven grains of rice. How do we get into burrito topics? You were talking about the burrito at the Delta Lounge. Oh. And I just, I had, the only explanation for this burrito was, you've only ever been shown a picture of the outside of a burrito. You just have to guess what's inside of it. <laughs> it was it was truly insane. Can I give you a quick burrito story? Is this the last over-under? One more. Last burrito story. <laughs> Burrito story should just be its own uh, segment too. <laughs> so I gotta be honest. So when I was in New York, I didn't eat anywhere. Um, I I was staying downtown, and I for for a lot of reasons I won't express today. Maybe never because I don't know if I can. But I haven't had a Chipotle anything mm. since two thousand eight, mm. two thousand nine. But I've been told some information about somebody that made me really happy. So I decided maybe I can eat it again. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> yeah. so I was like, I'll try it. I'll just try it. So I'm in uh, downtown Tribeca location on Greenwich Street. In, you had one in uh, in New York. I got a uh, 
It was also like the dregs, like last, like the late shift. It does not, it's not appealing to look at the the dregs of the, the protein section when you're- Where they have to scrape yeah, yeah. just to make the portion. And uh, I also made a mistake because I said, could I get the barbacoa? But I really wanted the steak. <laughs> but the reason I wanted the steak is because it had lower calories than the chicken and the carnitas. I was like, oh. And then by getting the fucking barbacoa, I got the most calorie fucking protein. I'm like, you dumbass, Dave. Right off the bat. You dumbass. But there's no, there's no correcting that. So no, no sure. correcting that. And I said, could I get a burrito? And could I get like light on the rice? Um, and I get the red beans. And then I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'll get some guacamole. I'm, I'm feeling it today. I get some guacamole, wow. a little crema. Cheetah. And I'm like trying to make sure that the burrito is on the lower end of the spectrum on the calories. So it's not 1,400, maybe like 809. Because I haven't had anything to eat all day. I was fucking starving. And it was like sort of like only good news to me type of information that I got. And I was like, yeah, I'll fucking give this a fucking shot. Oh, no. I got a sparkling water. And that was it. Oh, I got some corn in there and some spice, like a spicy sauce. I paid for it. Guess how much it was. Let's get a guess, you know. Victoria, let's get a guess. One burrito with guac and one sparkling water. New York City pr- pricing. 20. With tax. and With tax, what do you think it was? Twenty-three fifty. $18.75. I'm going to go twenty two ninety five. Chris Ying is the winner. It was 2418. Shut the hell up. Oh my God. 2418 tax and tip. No, just tax. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Was it constructed by a celebrity influencer That's or something? When I was what like, maybe, hell? maybe, maybe they have like, I'm just like, like in a casino. They just know. Like they got the fuck you, Dave Chang button. <laughs> just a picture of you, just like. Uh, chain prices. Chain prices. I was like, 24 fucking bucks for a burrito? My God. I mean, yeah, I got a sparkling water. Right. But like... But that shouldn't be $16. <laughs> like, that's insane. Check out the prices of Chipotle, New York City. With tax, I was twenty four eighteen. I was like, what the fuck? That's insane. Insane! That's truly insane. <laughs> All right. You win the burrito story. That is insane, man. Twenty four eighteen is very. It could have been twenty four slices of pizza. At <laughs> <laughs> a dollar pizza shop. It's true. Twenty four slices. And of I pizza. think they're smaller now because I put some of the fucking like the hot sauce on it. And honestly, I, I ate it in like four bites. A burrito should be. Well, no, I'm not going to say that because you can I have a great get chips. If I got the chips, it would have been like 28 bucks. I, I, I just was like. You take a bank loan out for that. The fuck? That's outrageous, man. Outrageous. <laughs> you know, what are the prices? So the burrito starts at $14.55 and like any add-ons and stuff are extra. So they're. Already- Guacamole, three bucks. Corn. <laughs> You're just running it up. Yeah, I, I was freaking insane. That's, that's outrageous. That's man. insane. Insane. Anyway, what's next? All right, fellas. Um, let's do wellness shots. The ginger and lemon wellness shots that they I don't know if you guys have noticed, but this is a trend. It's it's uh coming it's actually started a while ago, but like it's it's coming back. So 
If it's given to me, I'll drink it. If I have to buy it, I won't. Yeah. Simple. Right. Um, I, I see on the notes, sweatpants on plane. <laughs> um, that's the right move. But I'm still wearing shorts on plane, which is gross to people for some reason. Uh, I'll bring a change of clothes. Any opportunity to wear shorts, I will take. But, I mean, there's some people that I've had a conversation with, they say that's gross to them. Why? I don't know. Because you have exposed skin? I don't know. That seems racist. (laughs) That's the only explanation. I agree. Uh, Um, I can't wear sweatpants because it has the word sweat in it, and I already sweat too much. Last one. All right. uh, Okay. Potato pavé. Overrated, underrated. It's overrated now because all you have you have all these fucking social media motherfuckers making it. No, no one. No. When was it underrated? What? When was it underrated? When people didn't even know what it was. <laughs> all right, underrated was when people didn't know what the fuck it was, and you could just put that on the menu. But you know why you never saw it on the menu? It's a pain in the ass fucking pickup. Yeah. Okay. It's a pain in the fucking dick to fucking make. <laughs> Uh, it is. <laughs> it is a pain in the ass. You do see them everywhere. They can't be good on TikTok. No matter what is good on TikTok that people fucking make. I can't oh, taste almost it. Almost nothing. The only thing yeah. that the crunch wrap. I mean, literally making a pave. I mean, not if you make it, I guess, in a hotel pan, but like it's such a pain in the dick to fucking make. Because <laughs> you're going to, you got to like the, 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 just the, the pickup on it. I, I've always found it to be difficult. I'm sure somebody's like, oh, no, it's not. <laughs> Look, you can make it in three seconds. All right. It's always funny to me when I like I listen to social, like I'll read a commenter and they'll be like, oh, you hack or this or that. And then I've, I like do a search on like where they work. And I'm like, bro. <laughs> bro. Glass houses, man. I mean, I mean, well, I, as hurt people hurt people, you know what I mean? Hurt people hurt people. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Thanks for giving uh thanks for listening. Give us five stars. Thank you, Ying. We'll we'll talk to you guys soon. <laughs>